Bring out Elizabeth Selwyn. The tortured souls cried out in agony as the flames mounted higher and higher. Burn, witch, burn, witch, burn, burn, burn. Those I've said of these stones today are the actual practice of witchcraft in the 17th century. So, um... As we were talking about last time, I mentioned a book about uh, slasher movies. And there's a ton of other great horror books out there. I mean, even just stuff that shows off horror collections. Um, there's one that I really love. It's a, it's a hardcover, an oversized hardcover. It's too much horror business. And that's um, Kirk Hammett, you know, for those who are not metalheads, Kirk Hammett's the lead guitarist uh, for um, Metallica. He is a horror fanatic, and he's got a hell of an amazing horror collection. So uh, if you're interested in, I guess, the, um, you know, the collectability of horror, um, you'll see some amazing stuff that he has, from, especially from the classic era of the 30s and 40s of horror films so too much horror business is a great book you should check it out I'm so, just letting you know so he it, wrote so. this yeah book. i've always i've always heard that he was a big collector i never uh i've never seen anything from oh his my collection God, his collection is insane it's insane he's got artifacts from um from horror movies he's got the one of the original dracula one sheets oh wow nice the posters i mean he's got he's got his collection is worth millions of dollars. The Black Cat, he's got the outfit, Boris Karloff's outfit from the Black mm. Cat. I mean, he's he's got tons and tons of stuff in this collection that you wouldn't believe. Oh, wow. Nice. All nice. right. Yeah, it's an oversized book. It's got full-color, glossy photos. Too Much Horror Business is an amazing book if you're interested in, in the horror collection uh, of, of so stuff. So he, he wrote this and, book. Uh, yeah. Well, it's his mm. book, but, um, you know, I guess he's, there's a, a person that he co-wrote mm. it with. Um, but, yeah, you should check it out. It's, I mean, it's, it's an expensive book. I think it was like 50 bucks mm-hmm. or something um, because it's an, oh, like I said, it's an oversized, it's like a coffee table book. It's an oversized hardcover, but um, I'm, I have a ton of horror-related books in my collection, and I, I figured that we'd just start going through some of those because, you know, Omar and I were talking for a while about you know, all the other stuff related. And our guest today, uh, our friend Rob, hey, that's is me. also, yeah, uh, there he is. Um, and Rob, welcome. I mean, we're really excited to have you here today, and I'm looking forward to this. We've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now, well, actually a couple of months now, but um, Rob is a, a huge horror fanatic and somebody who knows all about collectability. He, um, in addition to showing off movies at different venues, which is how we met uh, at a coffee shop one night, um, he was showing some horror movies and we happened to hit it off. So that's how we became friends. Mm-hmm. Horror joint, you know, kind of brings people together, at least in, you know, if you're a horror fanatic, it, your circle widens as you meet people that are also obsessed horror fans. For but sure. um, yeah. the collectible aspect of it, Rob was making for a time um, these etched um, beer steins. He was making metal posters, which I have quite a few, and gifted people with some of the metal posters that he made. And these things were awesome. It was like sheet metal posters. It had great um, one-sheet artwork that he had on there. Thank you, sir. He, he made horror-themed um, candles. So, I mean, he's 
he's gotten his hand into a, quite a few um, quite a few uh, pots there, and has tried uh, to come up with some really cool stuff. and And it's always horror related, and uh, so his fanaticism knows no bounds. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's I'm always so, trying a different uh, different project. Um, I'm happy to be here with you guys tonight. I'm doing this. Thanks a lot for having me. Um, oh, we appreciate you coming on, man. It's it's great to just you know sit down with you guys and talk talk about horror. You know tonight is a topic that's obviously near and dear to my heart with uh, slasher movies. Uh, so ex- excited yes. for that. Um, yeah, uh, tell us uh, tell us about your channel, man. About your YouTube channel. Yeah, man. I just started a YouTube channel uh, just a couple months ago, actually. That's the, that's the most uh, recent endeavor, and it's it's called Terror at Synth High. That's a synth like a synthesizer. Um, and yeah, so I, I try to. Which is a great title, by Thanks. the way. It uh, is. I love that it really title. Is. Awesome. <laughs> I try to encompass a bunch of the the, the smorgasbord of stuff that <clears> I, that I like. So I. Yeah, but it but it's totally yours because I know how much you love um, '80s slasher films, yeah. and that really. You know, I mean, that's the perfect title for it. And, <laughs> Thanks, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, I love it. Yeah, if, when you see the uh, the image, it's got like you know a picture of a high school, and it's, you know it's kind of written in an '80s kind of uh, you know '80s vibe to it with the early '80s slasher kind of deal. So, uh, so yeah, that's the most recent project that I'm working on. Uh, try to add in you know comedy while talking about you know you know education for uh, you know horror related things, but mostly just um, influence. And, uh, you know, how horror movies have influenced people, uh, people and things. I do, you know, reviews of just, um, you know, like horror drinks and we're doing some horror food stuff and, uh, you know, interview different people. I know we we had our interview just, you know, like last month, Um, you know, people that are influenced by horror and how that's, you know, kind of uh, helped people start businesses. I just did a uh, influenced uh, video about how. Um, our buddy, uh, Lenny, who, who you know, uh, Dan Tarr from uh, Inked Up Merch, I just did an interview with him and how yep. you know his love of horror kind of eventually led him around to his uh, embroidery and um, you know screen printing business that he does, which is very heavily horror based. So things like that, and uh, you know just a love of horror and just like I said, try to keep it you know funny and light and uh, yeah, just a, it's a lot of fun. That's always yeah. the best way to do horror. It, it really is, and. It really brings everyone together. I mean, I've we've talked about it. You know, some people who aren't into genre movies or the the um, culture, um, they you know they they don't get it. They, and some people are like, oh, you're you guys are freaks or you're crazy. You know, like how can you watch these movies? Um, <laughs> some of the nicest, kindest. Um, I don't know, just people who are about community. Some of the nicest people I've ever met are horror. Fanatics, um, you know, slasher movies, gore, zombies, you know, people getting their flesh torn apart. Um, Dario Argento, you know, um, slasher films, um, Jalos, you name it. Uh, subgenre, be damned. I mean, torture porn movies, for God's sakes, and and people are just you know about their kids and having a, a wonderful life and hanging out with friends at a barbecue, going to movie festivals for twelve, twenty four hours <laughs> or forty eight hours over a weekend, and just hanging out with people and um, breaking bread with them. It's really, it really is um, an amazing community of people yeah, that sure I've grown to really connect with. And so, um, anyway, enough of the. The lovey-dovey stuff. I know if you guys are listening to this, you're already horror fanatics, and you probably agree with the things that we're talking about. But uh, today is the Slasher Mania episode Slasher-mania. for us, and we're going to woohoo! 
We're going to go round robin, and we're going to talk about, and this was really, when you kind of consolidate a list of stuff that you already are, are really excited about, it's super tough to come up with a, a top five of any type of film. Sure is. Um, you know, so we were talking about this, and we were, we're doing our best to come up with a, a category of movies where, all right, we're going to talk about slasher films, we're going to come up with a top five. These are not necessarily my... Um, you know, in in numerical order, although uh, we're trying to you know give you guys a sense of of you know the horror um, and uh, slasher films that we're really interested in. So we discussed a few things, and we we do we're going to do our best to stay clear of, um, you know, f- uh, franchise movies, and we're going to do our best to kind of talk about things that really, um, you know, push the envelope. And are are fun to discuss, and who knows? We'll see what we get. We have not shared any of the films that we're going to discuss, so this is all blind, and I'm super excited. Although I think uh, Omar and I kind of hinted at, at earlier about a movie that we both love, <laughs> and I think we, I think we may have some duplicates, and I'm sure we we might. Uh, so we're gonna kick it off. We're gonna let the guest go first, and Rob, right. why don't you kick it off with your with your number five? All right, well, all let's right. let's get it started. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, no, I didn't in, in no particular order. I think well, I guess we'll we'll do this like you were saying. Um, and uh, yeah, I did yeah. for my list. I excluded all the main franchises, like the big franchises, like Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, Child's Play, like all of those uh, big ones. Um, yeah, those are all great movies, and everyone loves them. And they tend to be a little more mainstream yeah. and inclusive. But what we want to do is we want to dig a little bit deeper. Because a lot of people may be listening to this and say, oh, shit, you know, I never heard of right. this movie. And that sounds great. And they want to, you know, so that's what we're sure. looking to do. Right. So, so um, yeah, I'm just going to go out of, the, out of the five that I picked. Um, I am just going to go alphabetical order with mine, um, just so that there's no oh, no, no, fa- no favoritism. Fancy. Let's just uh, play it that way, I guess. <laughs> Holy shit. And, uh, yeah, this is... Uh, um, yeah, this, this is my this is my professor. This Poltanovich. is my this is my yeah, that, that's how you pronounce my last name actually, Professionanovich. Yes. <laughs> and uh, are, are we doing honorable mentions or no? We are gonna do an. I'm doing one. I have one that I just couldn't say no to because I just okay. I love it. So is I'm that, gonna, I'm gonna is that coming it. first or are we doing that? But let's let's do it last. Okay. We're gonna do like five through one, and then I'm gonna give my um, my honorable mention. So let's do it. I, that's how I'm gonna do it. So whatever you want to yes, do. Yes, sir. All right. So starting off number five, then for me in alphabetical order, Black Christmas, 1974, the original, oh, the original fellas. How could you not have? Very how could I not nice. put it on my list? Um, there's, um, I mean, that, that movie is just, you know, really defined the slasher movie for me. Um, you know, it was, for a while, nobody really knew about it. It was directed uh, by Bob Clark um, in 1974. Yep. Actually, you know, 10 years prior to him doing, people mostly know him for A Christmas Story, the, uh, you know, the comedy adventure, <laughs> you know, movie that's on, like, every year, constantly. So this was his, Chris, this was also a Christmas story, uh, but this one was a lot yep. darker. Um, this was a horror movie, and he didn't really do too much with horror. Um, this was his definitely his um, his uh, piece de resistance, I would say. Um, so, I mean, everything about this movie is just great. It really defined the, the genre. Like, four years before there was Halloween, which is what, you know, kind of created the term slasher, and then there were all the imitators, and, you know, I started making money and all. Um, but, you know, I thought this, yep. this is just, you know... If you've seen it, you know, it's extremely creepy. It's um, It's got, it, you know, it's basically a... Uh, it is unknown killer is uh, you know stalking these co-eds. It's got a, uh, a very um, what became kind of an urban legend trope in there um, that was uh, not really known 
before this. Um, I don't want to spoil kind of a spoiler for the movie, but uh, it's um, oh, we do spoilers just, here. Know, <laughs> oh, we do spoilers. Okay, all right. Absolutely. So the call is coming from inside the house. The call is coming from inside the house. That whole trope is, you know, that whole, um, you know, th- that whole urban legend kind of came from this movie. They use it in a couple movies, but. Um, yeah, so this this guy, you know, the killer is up in the attic. You're not sure who he is. Um, is he someone that knows these girls in this sorority at you know Christmas time, or, or is he you know a random guy? Um, and you know, as it goes through, you you kind of find out more that he is just this you know just this crazy fucking guy, just a, you know, just a random ass. Lunatic. And and that makes it even more creepy because they kind of allude throughout the movie. It kind of plays almost like a giallo, and they allude more to. Like, oh, is it this, um, you know, this boyfriend of one of the girls in the movie? And they try to really associate it to that. And then actually watching the first movie, the first time you watch the movie, you can kind of see it that, oh, yo, it could have been him. And then at the end of the movie, the yeah. phone, you know, rings and you realize he's still in the house. And it's still, you know, after the, you know, after the, the, the boyfriend is killed. Um, yep. So it, it, and it very ahead of its time with everything it did. Um, very, very, um, you know, obscene in terms of the phone calls that are given to like the girls houses and everything um you know lots of lot lots of obscenity lots of just um rawer than the kind of stuff that you would you would really see um today and uh just the maniacal aspect of the killer is really what draws attention to um just the kind of the evil feel of this movie and again way before anything else the only thing around this time period even close would be texas chainsaw massacre for that you know uh, visceral feel of something that's you know slasher related um but uh yeah i'll shut up because i'm gonna go on about this you know forever so uh well, you really should be going on with this, and I agree with you. I mean, Olivia Hussey, Margot mm-hmm. Kidder, who turns in one of my favorite performances of her as this just lascivious drunkard, and yeah. she's just just out of control and shot through a cannon the entire film. I love her in this movie. Um, and, of course, you know, John Saxon, who's probably one of the greatest unsung heroes of genre fil- uh, films, and he just passed recently, That's so... Right. Um, there's a, it's such a great movie. It's probably, I think we've, we've talked about this before. I, I, I'm, how do you have a slasher list and not have Black Christmas as part of it? So that's a great selection. Thank, thank so, you, sir. Uh, Omar, did you see this? Have you seen this one? Yeah, I, I did see it a long time ago. I specifically, um, I think, I'm pretty sure it was this movie that there was like a controversy because they, God forbid, you know, make fun of, um, you know, have have a, a Christmas themed horror movie, so I do remember a controversy. No, that that, yeah. that might have been um, that Silent Night. That Deadly was the other. Night. Oh, is that what it was? Silent, Silent Night, Night okay, Deadly okay. Night. Yeah, yeah. This was this movie was released in nineteen seventy four. Oh, okay, all right. So, yeah, this is a little bit earlier, and uh, obviously, you know, the director also famous for Porky. Yes. Yep. Ah, uh, okay. All right. I see. Yeah. So, Omar, all should, right. Then, then that's going to be uh, have to uh, be one that I do see. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's very, um, very. Do not watch the remake. No, no, that's that. Uh, it's disappointing. Yeah. I mean, look, if you just um, why did that come out? If you just want like a fun, that's like two thousand nine or something, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 it came out. And then there was actually another remake last year, but it's really just in name. It has nothing to do with the original. Oh movies. my god! Yeah, I saw I, that too. I avoided unfortunately. that one. Um, I watched it just to just to kind of bitch and moan at, at the screen. <laughs> <laughs> no, horror fans don't do that. Never, never. Nah, nah. nah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. All right, great number five. That's that's a solid pick. Thank you, thank you. So, uh, 
Talk to me, Omar. What do you got for us? All right, so I'm going to start out kind of low-level, you know, but because... Uh, because it was made for TV, and and I appreciate that it wasn't overly gory because of that limitation. Uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Okay. Hell yeah. And so. uh, you know, good old uh, revenge story of uh, you know um, a guy with a disability. He's friends with a girl, a little girl, and uh, he's being uh, chased. You know, attacked by these. Uh, if I, if I remember the story correctly, it's been a couple of years, but uh, they uh, chase him into the cornfield, and he dresses up as a scarecrow, and then they end up mm-hmm. shooting him, if I, re- if I remember correctly. And then uh, he comes back and starts killing off the people who killed him, I guess, kind of like an avenging mm-hmm. spirit. And, um, and it was, yep. you know, it was great. I thought it was... Considering the limitation, I always like um, when films are limited by a certain, uh, you know, whether it's uh, by budget or by the, uh, the, you know, the fact that they can't have too much gore. So I always appreciate that. Right. Yeah. And so that mm-hmm. was, uh, that's, uh, that's my number five. That's that's a really good point you make there, Omar. You know, I never really think about it directly like that, but I, yeah, when when things are limited that way, you do have to be creative in other ways, right? And like, um, right, yeah, yeah, you have to. And it's, I think this movie did a really good job of that because it was still, you know, it was dark and ominous, especially for something that was on TV at the time. Like a lot of times, yes. you know, kids weren't allowed to, you know, because it was still of a time period where you know it was pretty protective of, you know, some kids weren't allowed to, I, I watched fucking everything, but you know, a lot of kids weren't allowed to go out to the theaters to go see shit or, you know, whatever. So, um, but this was, you know, coming right to the, right to the house and it was a slasher movie, right? And it was, you know, for, and parents saw it and it was, sure, there were, there were the uplifting, like, you know, kid-like parts in it and it, you know, it didn't have any gore, like you said, but it was still, um, you know, it had that ominous feel to it. It was a really good, um, you know, just, just kind of like darker moody feeling movie, I always felt. Yeah, I love the look and feel of that movie. I saw it when I was a kid. I think I was like 12 years old when that came out Same on TV. Here. <laughs> and, I mean, there was something about the late 70s, even the early 80s, where TV movies, they were creepy and atmospheric. Yeah, I mean, sure. Jesus. I mean, Salem's Lot is a made-for-TV sure. movie. That event, scare, that, that movie was was scary oh. as hell. It deserved a theatrical. Oh, the release. first time of <laughs> to this day, I can watch that in the dark and and scare the crap that, out of myself. The first yeah. time I remember seeing the vampire, uh, it scared the living hell out of me, man. I mean, that was oh, terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was that, an awesome that, design, creature design. Yeah, that that snaggletooth bastard yeah, will mean, get you if you're not careful. Yeah. <laughs> And Gargoyles, too, another TV movie is just that I absolutely loved. I mean, for the, for me, those movies were more like, you know, for other kids, they would watch, you know, March of the Wooden Soldiers and wait for Wizard <laughs> yeah, of Oz sure. annually. I was, I was waiting for Gargoyles to come <laughs> every year, and I was waiting for, uh, you know, Salem's Lot to come back on. I mean, obviously, this is, I'm going before VHS right. came out because then it was a game right, changer. Right. You know, we could record from Absolutely. TV and cable. Yep. And yep. Um, so it was, but yeah, Dark Night of the Scarecrow, great, great selection. I'd even look at that as 
a slasher at first, but it absolutely is. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, good point with that one because, you know, you don't really give credit to it for being what it is. And it is a revenge slash, ugh, revenge slasher movie. Sure, most definitely. So that's, yeah. uh, that was good. That's cool, um, tra- was it Charles Durning also <laughs> was a real scumbag? And yeah, yeah, see, exactly. Yeah, Charles- seeing him get his comeuppance <laughs> was just really satisfying. Yep. I think he was in he was in Salem's Lot too. Charles Durning was the sheriff, wasn't he? Mm, was he? I was don't, he? I don't remember. I don't remember. I'd have to double yeah. check. I think he was. Yeah, because um, I thought it was um, uh, uh, that uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. I thought it was um, Brian Dennehy, but no, it was uh, Charles Durning. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to look it up. Fuck it. Hold All on right. one second, I, because now I, I have to know if I'm right. <laughs> So, yeah. Salem's Lot. Look at David Soul, you handsome oh, bastard. Oh, yeah. That, uh, I remember that there was like a really, really good jump scare of that one, man. Where uh, they're just in, in, in uh, Salem's Lot. They're, they're sitting in the kitchen uh, j- just discussing the whole mm-hmm. scenario. And then, uh, th- and then um, the, the glass, something breaks through the glass and it's like a cloth just black cloth and then it's on the ground mm, and right, then right. Uh, the the barlow just jumps up and you hear him hissing and snarling and it was just uh, it scared the living hell out of me man as a kid i was watching it i was like oh my god they can have that on tv because i knew it was a made for tv <laughs> movie and i was like what the hell yeah i mean it was definitely uh it was definitely um a film. I mean, even just the little kids floating outside oh, the window. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there was. But you're right. In and that scene was was kind of an odd scene too, because the vampire comes in and murders. Yes. The, the parents, um, right? Murders yes. the parents in front of the kid, but he doesn't suck their blood. Exactly. Mm. It was just yeah. Done in so, a really creative, yeah. creative anyway, way. Anyway. Uh, I was probably wrong, but I'm not going to keep searching for this. I'm, I'm trying to find it. Maybe I was wrong. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, that's, I'm sure that's what happened. Um, <laughs> just, I'm wrong. I'm, we're gonna we're gonna chalk it up as wrong because I can't find yeah, it. Yeah, I so. don't remember who the sheriff um, was. I don't remember a sheriff specific. I'm gonna have to look it up again, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Anyway, breaking away from the tangent, uh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow, solid. Hell yeah. My number five. Is probably one of the one of the creepiest movies I, I've seen, um, period, and that is the 1979 Chuck Connors vehicle mm-hmm. tourist trap. Hell yeah! Ah, Hell never yeah. saw it. Probably See, you guys a, are really good at this. Of, I'm what? not. Yeah, never dude. saw it. Man. Oh. All right. Well, oh, I'm gonna put that I'm on the amateur. list. We'll have to I'm make that an episode, dude. Well. Yes, well, we're going to have... Well, that's why we're here. We're yeah, here to... To, to, to gui- guide me. Um, we're, I'm here to improve, <laughs> improve your life, Omar. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, Tanya Roberts. I mean, you, you can't oh, say absolutely. no to Tanya Roberts. I mean, in anything. She was, she was gorgeous, so... Yes. Um, so, Taurus Trap, a, uh, a group of young friends um, at a roadside museum, which is probably one of those creepy, you know, uh, uh, Route 66 backwoods you know it's got everything that you need hillbillies it's got a creepy mu- you know roadside museum right 
Um, it's got telekinetic mannequins. You know what I mean? It's got all. <laughs> it's batshit crazy. I mean, it's a. It's an acid trip with a with a slasher yeah. theme. You know, it's really. I just want to add, Omar. This sounds silly, but it's not. Like when you see this movie, this movie is not silly. This this hey, movie plays I, it completely straightforward <laughs> and completely not cheesy. And it's just yeah, a, uh, let me tell you, man. I creepy I movie. have no problems at all with silly and cheesy. I mean, especially when it comes to eighties horror, I actually love that, man. As long as it's it's not oh, me boring, too. but I I love oh, me silly too. cheesiness. Oh, absolutely love it. But this but is but here's not, the thing I hate yeah. like. We go to like the Alamo Draft House to watch a horror movie, and people are laughing at parts that they shouldn't be laughing at, and they look at this with a sense of irony. This movie is not ironic, and it's not humorous. It's fucking creepy. Now Chuck Connors may have may have played it in such a way where he can have this black sense of humor, where he where he's you know gleeful um, and interesting to watch, but at the same time he's batshit crazy. Mm. All right. Uh- um, and this is this is a lot of fun, and um, you know, like I said, it's got it's got all kinds of weird creepiness to it. It's got, like I said, these mannequins. Um, uh, they they're almost animated, and Chuck Connors keeps them. You know, they're like his um, girlfriends, or keeps them company. You know, because he's yeah. Well, it's, he's just a it's creep. really just you know yeah. And in the movie, you you kind of see as it goes through that as he kills people, he turns them into mannequins. And so it's this right, this, exactly. um, this yeah. house filled with all these mannequins that are, you know, people that have come to this tourist trap. And it's literally, in the most literal term, uh, you know, sense of the term, a tourist trap, you know. So that's, yeah. that's really, you know, what the – and <laughs> nice. I, I know a lot of I – yes. I think that term is kind of, um, you know, pretty, pretty antiquated now. Some people listening might not know what that is. But, yeah, those, those roadside – kind of attractions that they used to have off of like the, before they were you know big main highways and they were like you know byways that went around it they were all these um little side so sideshow attractions especially you know in the south and in the mid midwest yeah. and all um I, I, you might have seen this like tra- traveling down uh, to florida if you right. ever drove right, right. to florida you might have seen bumper stickers back in the day that said like south, uh, of, south the of the border oh, i remember right. that and that yeah. was just a yes. typical tourist trap where what they meant by that is they get you into this place and they and you buy all of these souvenirs or tchotchkes and they you know you get uh taken because these little worthless uh um you know items and they get you uh because they're so right, overpriced right, or right. you might have to you know you might have to normally you buy a, a bottle of soda for a buck and in there they're charging you 250 yeah. so basically there's no place else to get it you know it was it was convenience stores before they became right, convenience right, right, stores right. you know yeah and <laughs> so that's what they meant by a tourist yeah, trap they, they got around, you because you were on the way oh absolutely as many, as many places as maybe you, you used to but yeah. um but yeah no it's great great movie awesome awesome pick do you guys um yeah Thank Do you, you guys remember you. Chuck Connors on on this show uh, back in the eighties called Werewolf? It was uh, one of no, Fox. I don't remember it. it was one of Fox TV's uh, first uh, TV shows. You know when Fox first came out, like originally it had the uh, three yeah. networks: it was ABC, NBC, CBS, and then Fox came out, and they had this yep. uh, show called Werewolf, and Chuck Connors played uh, played the sinister werewolf. And he stole the show. Like every time oh, that yes. guy was on, he would yes, just I do. take it up. Yeah, 
good show. Good show. Kind of reminded me, it's like you had the good werewolf, excuse me, and then he'd turn, and he'd never hurt, you know, he'd never do anything to the, the, you know, to the people. Kind of like the old, old school uh, Hulk, you know, the the Incredible Hulk. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he'd turn, and and Chuck Connors played this evil werewolf, and uh, yeah, he was was great in that show, man. Hmm. Yeah, he had a patch over his eye. He had a name... Yeah, um, I don't so, remember that. And you know, I, I just his character's name was Janos Skorzeny. Ooh, and that's a direct one. That's a direct homage to Kolchak's The Night Stalker. Yes, that was the vampire in Kolchak's The Night Stalker, and he had a patch on his eye. I do remember this this because my and my brother and I were always like rabid werewolf. Like we love werewolf movies and that's um hey, maybe we should do a werewolf movie. We get our get our top werewolf picks. Mm, there you go. But uh, that's something for another one. But yeah, yeah, Chuck Connors. I completely forgot about this, Omar. Thank you because I want to watch this again. Now. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I have <laughs> great, not great seen idea. that show in a lot. I think it's actually not even eighties. I think it may have been like early nineties or something. But no, no, it came out. In oh, 87. was it? Okay, I'm looking at it right, right now. Yeah, good show. Yeah, 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 man, awesome. All right, cool. So, uh, in uh, let's keep going. Round All robin right. number four. So next one, number four for me in alphabetical order. I just wanted to try to say that in a way that... No, whatever. Anyway, um, alphabetical order. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, Intruder, son. Intruder, 1989. Intruder. I mean, we talked about this a little wow. bit the other day, but... Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. On my list, but, um, okay. Yeah, so the biggest... This is the biggest spread between uh, two movies. So the first movie was Black Christmas that I mentioned, 1974, and this is Intruder, 1989, on the very other end of the uh, you know classic time period of the slasher movie, right? So... Um, you know, slasher movies were kind of out of style by the time this had, you know, already come along. So like, uh, um, yeah. you know, big boom being in like the, you know, early eighties and, you know, to like 84, 85 or so. Um, it's amazing how good this movie is, you know, coming out after that. Now it was shelved for a couple of years, I believe, cause they were, um, they, they were filming it and they ran into some issues with it. But, uh, okay. this movie has some of the, be- the best kills in, 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 just slasher movie history, I feel like. There's uh, there are tons of great kills. All the effects are good. Um, which it's obviously the, the, for anybody who's seen it, it's a very it's very different from other slasher movies in that um, the location is uh, very unique. It takes place in a supermarket um, as opposed to mm-hmm. your you know your suburbia your, or your backwoods or you know what what have you. Um, so taking place in a supermarket like an old old supermarket kind of deal. Um, and you know these so these kids are. You know, told by their their manager that they're going to uh, there's going to be their last night working there. You know, the the money you know, they're going bankrupt. It's uh, you know these two two managers that own the place, and um, yeah, they've been in disputes for years, and they're going to close the store. Um, so when we we're, we're doing full spoilers, right, guys? That's what we're doing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. man. Go, no holds exactly. barred. Hey, listen, you, we always had the precursor, but we'll do it again. If you have not seen these movies. And you're interested from what we're talking about and, and you know how excited we're getting, then pause this damn thing, go watch the movie, and then come back to it because we're giving away the sport. You know, there's going to be spoilers yeah. here, so knock yourself so, out. So yeah, the, uh, the you find out that you know at the end of the movie that it is the um, you know one of the one of the managers that's that's doing all the killing and um, just doesn't it, it doesn't really make sense you know as to exactly why he would be, but that's not really what matters. <laughs> uh, what what matters is that it's just like I said, the kills are very inventive. Um, uh, you know, very, there's like, you know, a guy getting like a, like the, the compactor, like smashing his head in half. There's uh you know, a sawing nice. through a guy's head in half. There's a, um, 
there's there's a whole there's a whole bunch of just great shot. A guy getting his you know he's, the 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 other manager is doing. Um, you know, he's got like, you know, the old school calculator and he's like, you know, having, you know, with the, with the paper reel on it and he's trying to do all the, you know, the numbers and, you know, crunching numbers of like everything at the end of the day. And then he gets, right. and adding, yeah, yeah. One of the adding that's, I knew there was the, there was a word that would, you know, <laughs> said exactly what that thing is. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, and he gets, you know, he gets a, you know, the, the, uh, the spike, and maybe you can help me with this term too. Uh, <laughs> the spike that they put their, they, I don't, no, I'm not being facetious actually, but the, the spike that they put the receipts on. Was that a spike? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. oh man, I don't know I don't what that thing's what that called. Is. Yeah, I know what you're talking <laughs> anyway, about. I remember that. So yes. that goes through his eye, and then like there's blood, and the blood gets in the light bulb, and very interesting shots. Uh, of just like you know, and um, that goes in his shots eye. From, like, yeah. you know? Shots from like a doorknob turning. Now, of course, it's got um, it's got uh, uh, Raimi in it. You know, um, uh, or what do you call it? The um, yeah, yeah, Sam <laughs> Sam Raimi uh, plays plays a role. And, oh, it's uh, and, Sam uh, Raimi, not his brother. Uh, yeah, I th- you know, I think they're they're actually both involved in one way, and I, I should oh. know this, but I don't. Um, but yeah, very early. Um, well, not, I guess not early because there was like you know Evil Dead and everything, obviously, and Evil Dead Two. But uh, and actually, I, on that note, um, Bruce Campbell actually makes a cameo in this movie at the very end of the movie. Yes, I was joking. Um, as well. Yep. So uh, you know, I just um, Lawrence Bender is in it too, right. and he's he's also one of the writers. So right. I mean, this is. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just nice. um, fun, funny. Um, plays you know it plays it serious, but it's also got some funny lines in it too. But like the kills are just you know pretty pretty fucking grisly, and it's got an interesting kind of downtrodden ending as well. Um, it's uh, everything about it's just very interesting, and like I said, the kills are just top top notch. So sweet. Yeah, and batshit crazy poster art. I love the I love the one sheet. Oh those, yeah, so. yeah, it's a great one. Yep. Oh, sure. So great one, man. Um, that's not that's one that's seldom talked about. I've seen this movie um, once only, and that was probably about twenty eight years mm. ago. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> On VHS, they they have um, <laughs> so they yeah. have it. Uh, I forgot who put it out. Maybe um, I don't know if it's Shout Factory or Arrow. I apologize. Or, yeah, oh I yeah, one of the, one of the bigger companies put it out. Um, and it's you know it's a great version. I don't have the most updated version, but it, it is in, intact with uh, you know no you know like no cuts or anything. Um, so it's a great great chance to go back and you know check it out too. Yeah, cool, great one. Sweet. Thank you. All right, Omar, give it to All us. All right, number four. All right, so my, I mean again, I don't have these in any specific order except for my new number one, but uh, I do have Psycho uh, as number four. Again, uh, a movie that not a lot of people consider to be uh, a slasher per se, but I think it is a precursor movie. It is a goddamn slasher. Yeah, Granddaddy. Yes, absolutely, man. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are other films like that came out in that year that maybe have been part of it, but like mm-hmm. we yeah. said, uh, Psycho it was in has been in the zeitgeist ever since that curtain was you know the shower curtain was. Absolutely. Back, so, um, sure. Psycho was the beginning. It start, I think it, it helped really launch the slasher. Yes. Genre. Sure. It, um, sure. Had, you know, not really a high kill count, you know, but still very compelling. Um, the angle, the, the knife, you know, the flash of the knife, how you, how you see it. That was really kind of kind of unique, you know, the repetitive mm-hmm. stabbing motion. I don't think that had been done before you know 
really uh, uh, the Bernard Herrmann soundtrack. Oh, absolutely! The I mean, soundtrack. The, the score yes. is as iconic as the absolutely film. Yeah. The, as the music yeah, as he, the the shower kill was going on, the music playing. You know, yes, excellent. Yeah, excellent I feel like nowadays that, uh, people that don't know the movie know the uh, know the music. You know, it's like, it's like one of those things. Like people who've never seen Jaws, like younger, you know, people who haven't seen Jaws know the music. And so I think it's just as iconic. You know, absolutely. Yeah, well, absolutely, I agree. And the the fact that um, and, and I forgot the actress's name. How she starts out with the movie, and then halfway in, like you're thinking she's going to be the main character yes but janet janet, janet lee. lee yes and lo and behold she's killed and that was a big shocker especially that she right. uh, the actress herself was a kind of up and coming she was you know big shot and he just right. takes her out she's just the plot point you know and and yeah. it was excellent yes. um I love the beginning of the film where it starts off where she's, you know, you know, in that hotel room and getting dressed. You know, she's in a bra and underwear and, you know, talking right. about, you know, stealing money and she's running, you know, she's on the run. Yes. I mean, that movie, you know. It just took it, a crazy it's a, turn. It's a fantastic it took film. a crazy I, turn. About a year and a half to two years ago, uh, went with my girlfriend to uh, college. Uh, they were they were actually, they had a... Um, a live orchestra that was doing the music, the the score live Sweet. to the movie. Oh, that's nice. awesome! And it was a really amazingly powerful experience, and it was just a very cool, fun evening. But that's you know, one of the one of the scariest scenes for me in any movie. And there's tons of different set pieces we've talked about um, it, that are iconic. You know, where um, like we just mentioned, the you know the Danny Glick scratching those nails at the window and you know saying let me in that's an iconically frightening scene that stayed that has stayed with me since i was a kid yes at the end of psycho where anthony uh, perkins runs into the the basement and he's dressed like his right. mother and his I... face has got this fucking rictus and and he's you know his eyes are wide yes. open the knife and he hit and he hits the light with his hand and the look of of his face in that scene gives me chills just yes, talking about it right scene. now i'm getting right. chills <laughs> up and down my spine yes that that scene for me is is the you know that that's the money shot i mean that ending scene is it has always terrified me and it stays with me so there are certain scenes like even like if you talk about um iconic slasher films and i'm sure this may make a list but the ending of uh you know the the sleepaway camp where you know uh, mm -hmm. angela's face scares the crap out of me to this right. day yes. with right. the mouth Absolutely. wide open and the knife in her hand that's that scares me. It is. Um, so those little things creep me out, you know. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Psycho. You, it, it's you know, it it should make this list, and uh, I'm, you're probably um, you're probably right in terms of um, you know adding it. And uh, I know we were saying that we're going to try and stay clear of um, what do you call it? Um, coming up with a franchise, but you know this this needs to be. In it. I mean, yeah, I don't even classic. like. I know that they had a couple of sequels, but. You know, they don't really compare, like the, um, <clears throat> excuse me. The, well, they don't, right. but I, I love the sequels. I think, I think the sequels are, are Yeah, good, I was going to say, I, yeah. I enjoy them. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, like them. Two is really good. Um, I don't really remember much about three, but, um, I don't think I ever saw four. I, 
I just binged them uh, last ah. summer. We watched ah. all four of them, so I, I really ended up enjoying them. I just uh, remember the... I didn't like the yeah, remake. Yeah, I just remember... Oh, the remake? Yeah, I don't think I ever yeah, saw... I just saw parts yeah. of it. I saw parts of it. But uh, I do remember a scene in one of the sequels where he kills his, you know, supposedly real mother with a shovel. Uh, that yeah. that was pretty... Uh, mm-hmm. That yeah. was a pretty shocking scene, I gotta admit. Yeah. Yes, it is. I, I love that scene too, and you just feel so just bad the way at, at it was shot, my lady, God. But then you're like, "Go get her, Norman." You know, yeah, go ahead, man. You know, I kind of I, you feel badly for Norman because you know the, the poor bastard never had a chance. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so good number four, yeah, man. Um. So my number four, and I know I don't want us to, you know, to drag this out to an hour and a half, but um, so we'll try and pick yeah. up the pace a little bit. But number four uh, for me, Dress to Kill. Ah, yes. 1980, Brian De Palma, Angie Dickinson, so sexy. I love Angie Dickinson. Michael Caine, Nancy Allen. I, I love this movie. It's got so much um, style. It just oozes... Um, you know, it's a when they call it a thriller or you know a drama, it, it's a horror movie. This is a Jalo film for me, and, and and it's definitely a slasher. Um, it's got all the the tropes and elements, but I think um, my uh, Brian De Palma did a great job on this movie. The little twist. Mm-hmm. I know maybe now some people might see this as you know, uh, oh, there's some gender bending in here, um, but I think it was done really in an interesting way. Uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of this movie, and I saw this on cable when I was a kid, and it scared the living crap out of me. It was also titillating, um, and like I said, you know, Angie Dickinson was always a really attractive woman. Yes, and uh, and obviously Nancy Allen was mm-hmm. too. And I, I liked I liked this movie for what it was trying to do. There's obviously the iconic uh, elevator scene, uh, and you know, like I said. Mike, Michael Caine, you, you never get tired of seeing this guy. He can just, you know, read read stuff from uh, from the yellow pages. I know I'm dating myself, but he could read the, you know, the phone book and you'd be excited to listen to him. So Yeah, you know, it's really funny Sweet. you mentioned this because I just watched this uh, this last weekend, so like less than a week ago uh, again. It was on TV? Uh, no, I didn't watch it on TV. I, I watched it. Um, oh, I, I watched, okay. We watched it on... Um, what the hell was it on? Was it on Shutter? I guess it wasn't on Shutter. Maybe we actually uh, rented it because Jessica wanted to see it. She hadn't seen it before, um, so oh, so okay. we watched it. And um, yeah, it's uh, you know it's it's a definitely a great movie. You know, I, I do um, I do consider it more of a thriller or more of a well, well definitely giallo for sure. Um, but that's it. Absolutely is, but it's got so many slasher elements sure. to it. I'm 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 putting it sure, on there. Sure, sure, and the two crossover frequently. Um, but I, yeah, and I, I think yeah, that, um, I mean, yeah, just the, the tension in that movie is really great. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, anybody who, um, is just interested in filming in general, like this, this movie is often credited, you know, even outside of the horror, you know, the horror genre as, you know, the Palma doing a lot of these things, but you, well, I guess there's two, there's two frames of, you know, the way pe- ways people see him. A lot of people see him like, you know, ripping off some other, you know, Italian, um, you know, directors and things and online. I think, but I think more people see it as that you know he, um, you know, he's just his filming style is you know impeccable from a um, you know like a classically trained kind of um, perspective is you know I think they use that I've heard it used multiple times in like you know film classes and things like the uh, like the the library scene 
uh, a museum museum oh, yeah. scene. Um, I know going what you mean. Through, walking through it and just the tension of you know the playing back and forth and the characters and like you know the kind of flirtatious uh, nature of it. Um, and uh, yeah, no, definitely tons, tons and tons of tension in this movie. And um, yeah, the twist yep. was definitely um, you know at the time you know very uh, very unique. Um, and yeah, I, I know I, I, hear what, I see what you're saying. Like in terms of like a lot of people like today might think it's. Um, a little bit, uh, yeah, like gender role. It speaks of gender roles, but it doesn't. Um, I mean, I think it was also identifying things that weren't talked about as much any, you know, at the time. So I don't really think it has to be, um, you know, necessarily a bad thing. Obviously, in this case, the you know the killer is the, uh, you know, is is the um, transsexual. Um, but but yeah. that's not. Uh, I, I think they. I don't. I think they. For the, for the time period, um, you know, talked about it in a way that I thought was, um, you know, not too, like, scientifically inappropriate or anything, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I don't think they were saying, it wasn't like pointing a finger saying transsexuals, you know, right. have a proclivity to be murderers. It wasn't right. it saying was more, that. this murderer is a transsexual. That, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think that's a distinction yeah. that people need to make. Right. You know, I mean, it's not... And I think people are sensitive to things like this today. Um, but you need to look at this for, you know, in, in a cup in, I guess, through a lens of, like you said, the time that it was made and also um, how it was done. And De Palma, sure. I mean, he's just he's one of the one of the greatest directors. I mean, you cannot deny that this movie just drips with with um, with tension and mm-hmm. atmosphere there. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a thriller, but I, I think. It it does owe more to the Italian mm-hmm. giallo cinema, and I would say he absolutely was more homage to, you know, like Dario Argento and, and sure. those guys than it was than it was him trying to rip anyone off. Sure, yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, I think he's fantastic, but still, um, uh, I think he's uh, yeah. one of Tarantino's favorites. Mm. Mm. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, Tarantino's a big fan. Well, it's no surprise there. And like the, my first time that I saw this man, it was on cable. It was typical of what my my watching habits were. I was by myself because it was probably like twelve, one o'clock in the morning. My parents would never have wanted me to watch this, <laughs> but I had to because I was compelled to watch these movies <laughs> yeah. as a kid. Um, and this movie scared me. And this was, you know, like I said, I was titillated at the same time because, you know, of the sexual tension in this right. movie, which was so friggin' palpable. Right, right. Um, you know, they had to cut it with a knife, literally. I mean, it, that's that's just the nature of this this film. Uh, but, um, yeah, anyway, so that's my number four. Nice. So, Rob, lay it on us. Number three, what do number you got Number three, for boys us? and girls. All right, number three, My Bloody Valentine, the original, 1989. Ah, that was my number three. Well played, sir. <laughs> ah, crossover. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute, that's your <laughs> number <laughs> three? All right, all right no, 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 all right. It's honestly, actually, my I'm list. sorry, it's my number, it's my number two? My number two. Okay. Oh, uh, I was... Yeah. Okay. Right. I think that uh, was... This yeah. one, what we all agree okay. on, right? Uh, yeah, well, I think this is my number oh, three. Oh, that's on your list, too? Yeah, yeah. Well, I meant it's on our list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, all right, I'm so not surprised. This is Omar and I. We were talking about it yesterday. This is one of my favorite, too, oh, yeah. Rob. So go ahead. Tell oh, yeah. Us, I mean, this is just by it. far. It's just... It's so... It's such a good, you know encapsulation of everything that is the slasher movie it came about in the year when really slasher movies were at their peak you know they were dime a dozen you know right in like 1981 and um 
But yeah. it, it does a couple different things that are you know different from some of the other ones. Um, and you know, number, obviously, it was filmed yep. fantastically. It was filmed in an old you know an old mine, an old abandoned mine, and they right. used um, right. actual locals from the town as extras. Um, to give it that, you know, kind of yep. local, you know, charm to it as well and just, you know, make it so it's not all actors. It's got this rough around the edges kind of feel to it. Um, it's It also kind of, you know, at the time everything was about, you know, kids and teenagers and, uh, you know, in, which is, you know, great fun for a slasher movie, you know, high school and college kids. This is uh, more about these, uh, you know, this depressed kind of mining town who relies on, you know, relies on mining for its industry and, um, you know, these these young adults that you know didn't go to college it weren't you know this is this is what they do they they lived here they worked there yeah these are blue yeah. collar guys then right. they're out of high right. school and, and this is after and it's like they're kind of um you know and then they have you know some things with um you know some of the other local kids and everything and you can tell us some resentment there with some of that um and just just in general there's a there's a whole um it, it kind of sets up its whole little its own whole little world in that and i think that that's you know that was a, a great part about it i mean just Obviously, you know, Harry Warden, well, ends up being Axel, Axel Palmer, and, you know, the, the legend of Harry Warden as uh, the killer, um, you know, great, great costume, obviously, you have the, you know, the, the, the pickaxe killer, of the, you know, with the miner suit, um, you know, it's a great, great killer um, for, you know, they were trying to think of different, like, mass kind of things, everybody was a mass murderer, you know, with all these slasher films, and yep. all. I thought that was a great one, um, the kills where, you know, this movie was very mean-spirited in terms of its, um, you know, just its its kills in general. Oh, very yeah. mean-spirited kills and all. And now just, you know, maybe within the last, I don't know, seven, eight years or so, something like that, probably even longer now because I'm old, um, they released, you know, the DVD and Blu-ray of, um, you know, the completely uncut version, which hadn't existed really before that, hadn't come to come to light. And that shows, you know, even more, you know, like it just, it just all the kills extended um, in, you know, in, an added ending scene, um, which really puts a different light yep. on the movie too. Uh, yeah, everything about this is great. Um, they, it, it, the movie itself is played pretty, you know, seriously too. It's not, it's not the jokey kind of movie. And I, I do like, no. I like both. I know we talked about that. I like both of those, but this one is not sure. It's got some inadvertently funny parts and those things that, you know, you were talking about Lenny, where it's always going to be like, yeah, there's going to be this ironic thing because something's older and things like that. And that's, that's, that's fine. I don't, it doesn't well, bother me that this, much. The scene in the dry, when they're, um, at the, uh, the dry cleaners yes. or whatever, not the dry cleaners, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. Uh, washer right. and dryer, and, and they read the, that poem, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> he was reading the poem in that card, uh, I just love yeah. that, and that, so, it's morbid and twisted, but funny, I mean, some of this is really funny, but to go back for a second, I never saw the extra footage until about a oh, year ago. yeah, so good. Maybe two, maybe a year and a half ago, and I found out about the additional footage, and I was able to, to watch it with that, with the other stuff added in. That's the way this movie should for always sure. be seen. For sure. It, it, I mean, it's almost 10 more minutes. There's a lot of fun things about this movie. Um, you, you're right, the, uh, the creepiness of um, the mining outfit with the pickaxe is, is iconic. Um, everything about this film was always creepy as hell to me. I, and again, cable TV was my gateway drug, right. basically, into all of these types of movies. So when I was a kid, 2 o'clock in the morning, 1 o'clock in the morning, watching slasher movies, watching horror movies in general, that's how I grew up. And mm -hmm. um, this was one of those, you know, the time I was exposed to this, and I, I was creeped out by this. Uh, especially in, in the scene when they're, um, you know, pulling down on these chains... And the 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 uh, co the suits mm -hmm, come mm -hmm. down. 
you know, right, the, the mining right, suits right. come down. That's a very creepy yes. scene. Yeah, there. for sure. Uh, I just love, I love this movie, man. This is one of my favorite slasher movies. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the, the effects are great in it, too. Excellent the, effects. Yeah. Excellent yeah, set piece, set piece scenes, mm-hmm. um, where I think they were on the um, the tracks, if I remember correctly, and he's chasing them, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellently done. That scene specifically, I was like, wow, for for a mm-hmm. movie with a pretty limited budget, that blew my mind, man. Yeah. That that just the tension, excellent. That that this one was really uh, a masterpiece, in my opinion. I think yeah, uh, yeah, that was yeah, another one that yeah, Tarantino. Oh, yeah, I definitely. think Tarantino said that it was criminally underrated. Mm. Oh, it absolutely is. I mean, um, I, I'm a huge fan of Canucksploitation films. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know Canadian oh, horror yeah. films, and this is the two out of five have made our list of Canadian good horror point. films. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great uh, Canadian horror movies, and and talk about, you know, criminally underrated, this movie is definitely one of them. Absolutely. So, Omar, what's your number three, then? Well, all right, so let me see, because I already covered my uh, Bloody Valentine, so uh, we did Psycho. All right, I was going to, I decided to take a, a totally different take, and I still think I kind of classify this as a slasher although it's got a lot of comedy isn't particularly scary but i thought it was the revenge aspect was great uh and the i and i don't know if you guys are gonna appreciate this but the abominable dr fives okay oh man I, that is not a slasher film i i call yeah, all right i, I all don't right. consider it a slasher film but i haven't i haven't seen that in a long time i, I wouldn't consider it but it's, I, I, I i'd like to hear your i'd like to hear your uh, surprisingly your surprisingly brutal uh ways of killing people you know especially with, yes. with the rats like they you know show some uh you know scratching and ripping of the rats and you know and so, uh, yep. uh, you know, yep. and again, I, I'm not, I, I haven't seen as many slasher movies as you guys have, but, uh, you know, so I, I decided to throw that in there. Also, the fact that uh, you, he you wanted... You will if you stick around, Omar. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the revenge aspect also was, was uh, for me, kind of, you know, with a lot of slasher mm. films, you have, uh, it's usually a high school type revenge, you know, but... For me, I, I, I just enjoyed it. I think the comedic aspect was uh, pretty enjoyable. And, of course, Vincent Price, you know? Vincent um, Price, yeah. The parts also... Um, I, I, I got to tell you, I, I might not consider this a slasher movie, uh-huh. but I will say this. When, when I first saw um, this movie, I was a kid, and I, I had to stop watching it because I loved Vincent Price, and when I saw him in this Fives makeup... The Fibes makeup freaked me the fuck yeah. out. <laughs> and I wasn't that young, but I couldn't watch it because I couldn't look at his right. face. It just bothered me. <laughs> and I don't like looking at it. I just I have um the Vincent Price collection on Blu-ray, the the you know, three volumes. Yeah. And that's in it. And I was like, Alright, fuck it. You know, you're you're a grown ass man now, you know, just watch Fibes already. And I rewatch it and still to this day it's my least favorite Vincent <laughs> Price film just because oh my God. I hate looking at that Fibes face <laughs> makeup. I just can't stand it. The, what what really uh, what I uh creep what creeped me out actually also a lot was he would drink from the back, like from the back of his neck, sort of, and he'd taste things and stuff from from behind. 
Like, cause he his mouth wouldn't yeah. move, and so he'd speak, and, mm, and his yeah. like uh, throat would kind of you know distend when he'd speak, and that was kind of it was so gory to me, you know. That had a, yeah. had an yeah, effect on. Yeah, that's a good point. Me. Yeah, that is that is. Crazy. Yeah, you know, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. I have to go back and watch it. I, I mean, I remember it, you know, being very chilling and very, um, you know, it, obviously, you know, Vincent Price. It's always, you know, gonna, it's always going to be a good movie, but ninety um, percent uh, of the time, I'd say. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't see slasher in it myself, but I, I think that that's um, it's some interesting points, right? That um, yeah, there's the the brutal yeah, murder, revenge, element, revenge is element there. for sure, for sure, yeah. <laughs> Well, usually we're like you know you're you're a, it's someone stalking right, prey, right. you know the, mm-hmm. the the tropes of you know even just uh, you know coeds or or young uh, youthful people and you know having sex you know that that's usually the other stuff in it. But hey, you know what? This is this is your list. Yep. So so that's your that Doctor Fives is number three. We already know your number two, Omar. So we're kind of ahead of the game. So Rob, give it to us. What? Uh, and you guys know my number three, obviously, My Bloody Valentine. Yep. So, Rob, what, what's your number two, so, man? So, my number two, again, no particular order, um, just uh, alphabetically here, uh, Sleepaway Camp, which we've mentioned. We didn't talk really about it, but yes. Sleepaway Camp, for sure. Um, right. I mean, this ah, this had to be on the list. There was no no question about it when I made up. This is one of the first ones that came to mind. I mean, honestly, this, this list came pretty easily i just had to uh narrow down about take off about 15 of them <laughs> but um but uh yeah. i know i know i know the but feeling. um yeah sleepaway camp i mean the ending right i mean it just for the ending alone it's probably going to be on here um but even without you know well yeah the ending needs to be a part of it right that's um you know find out that it's you know she's she's a boy and, um, you know, there's the gender. One of the most iconic yeah. ending scenes in any horror movie Holding ever. the head with the Absolutely. knife. And the, yeah, it's the blood dripping down, the dick fucking sitting out, and the <laughs> wide mouth gaping open. It sounds like a porn when I'm saying it, like a really, like, you know. But it's, uh, but, it does, uh, but you know what? It was, it, was porno- it was pornographic almost in terms of what you were looking at. And, you know... Um, Felissa Rose, her face, uh, the, that that rictus of, of terror, you know, seeing you know seeing her face, the mouth agape, and her eyes wide open. That scared it me. It was, and literally, like I, that scared the crap out of me yeah. when I oh, first yeah, saw for that, sure. and it was so unexpected. Yes. I didn't see that coming yes. at no, all. I don't think anyone, and I think that's what makes this movie so good. And one of the things that people, uh, you know, everybody always says, "Oh, the ending, the ending, the ending," and that's definitely what you know makes the impact of the movie, but. I think what really, um, you know, there's two things that set that, you know, there's one thing that sets that up particularly, is that throughout the movie, there are serious parts, but there's also a lot of really campy parts, right? And there's a lot of goofy yes. parts, and you don't see it being a movie that's going to pull this punch at the end. And then when it pulls this that's dire, true. you know, this very dire, very dark ending, and mixed with the, you know, the, the music that's used, the sound, and, just, and then just fades out after that and just ends it on that. It yeah. really, it's really yep. a punch to the gut, um, especially, you know, mm-hmm. seeing, and, you know, this came out in 83. I was one year old, so I did not, so I, it was, it was a little while before oh, I saw man. it. But, um, Fuck yeah. you, <laughs> <laughs> I got them years in me, son. <laughs> God damn, but, uh, son. Yeah, no, I mean, this was, um, I think the other the other big thing about this movie that I think people don't really talk about very much, or as often, I, I never actually hear anybody talk about this, but this is one of the original movies that I feel is, uh, you know, in the genre that was um, 
you could go back and watch this multiple times, which is commonplace nowadays that movies that were like, you know, made up to do, you know, from like the 2000s on, like psychological thrillers and things like that that were made so that you, yeah. you know, specifically so that you could you know, watch them multiple times and get different things from them. I feel this did this, you know, way ahead of the curve. And you can watch this movie the first few times and just be like, oh, I didn't pick on that. That that means this, you know, like when she, you know, when this is alluding to, you know, him you know, well, it's, it's, you know, him being, you know, acting as a girl in the movie. Oh, this is alluding to, his, you know, his feelings about actually being a boy when he's talking to these other, you know, boys and everything. And the, and the way that his, uh, you know, the, the cousin's trying to, um, you know, protect, protect him, you know, and um, it, it's just, you see these things as you're watching the movie again. And it, it's just really interesting um, how things play out. And then there's always the, um, you know, the creepy aunt that's... Uh, I was just going to say, part. she's almost as frightening as anything else that takes yeah, place man. in this film. Yeah, uh, she's. I, find, I found her to be the creepiest aspect of this, other than the ending. Because even the kills weren't as terrifying as the creepiness uh, of the ant. Yeah, and you know, I always, um, I don't know, maybe you guys... It was so disturbing. Right. Maybe, well, maybe right. you guys can um, tell me, because I, I um, always... You know, I, I always look at this and I'm just like, this could go a couple different ways. Like when they're talking about, you know, in the beginning, in the beginning of the movie, when the, you know, the kids, you know, when when hit by a boat and then you know goes to the right, the boating, right, a boating accident. accident and then becomes, you know, like they, you know, try they decide, oh, we already have, you know, have the have a, a girl, we're gonna need a need a boy, or I'm sorry, the other way around, we already have a boy, we're gonna need a girl, and then like you decide to do that. So um, they they talk about like a doctor and like going to see the doctor and everything and is this aunt the doctor is she supposed to be the doctor or is she supposed to and was I she supposed to have had a sex change operation herself yeah that was the weird thing it's always about this, it I don't yeah it's know, always this androgynous kind of you can't tell if that's like you know she's to be supposed to be playing someone who had a sex change operation herself and how she's related to the two yep. dads and it's just it leaves open questions and I really like that that you can watch this it adds to the watching yeah. it multiple times and kind of getting different meanings out of it for different yep. people so. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely one that of the is, best. Uh, choice. Yeah, that is way up there for me. All right. So Omar, we got yours. Number two, yours was Bloody Valentine. Yes. Number two, I didn't state this earlier because you know, I wanted to hold this in the pocket. My number two was Black Christmas. Okay. Hell so yeah. Hell we yeah. Uh, we don't need to beat a dead horse, but Black Christmas is uh, for me. Uh, I watch this movie every year during the holidays. I bring it to my brother's. My brother has a Yule party. I bring it to the party, and, and it's on in the background. I, I have to. I I love this movie. It is a classic. And like I said, Margot yeah, Kidder. Man. I didn't. I never really found her to be attractive. You know, back in the day, obviously, you know, she was a model and all that mm-hmm. other stuff. But when she was in Superman, obviously, you know, she did her thing. This is the only movie that I ever found her attractive in. <laughs> and maybe it's something uh, about her being a drunken, <laughs> you know, uh, sex, uh, you know, sex deprived lush. I don't know, but I, I loved her in this yeah, role. No, she's great. And she made this movie for yeah, me. She, she's but great. it's really, it's, it's creepy. The trope, like we said about, the, about this um, unknown killer in the house uh, that they never find yeah. um, is, you know, even at the end of the film, it pans out. It's a cold, wintry, you know, Christmas night, and you still see the shadow of one of her roommates still yeah. dead in the rocking chair as it pans it's so out. so dark. And the yeah. window. The f- it's so dark. Right. It's so creepy. The first girl that and got the killer killed. is yeah. still in the fucking house. Yeah. And you know that the other girl, you know, this one girl, you think she's safe. 
she's next. Yeah, and the cops are outside, but it's like, is she going to get killed Fade to anyway? Black. The is cops gonna... are outside, yeah. fucking oblivious. Yeah, she's next, and you know it. Yep, it's um, going to happen. And, and I just, my mind goes wild thinking, like, we don't need a sequel because the sequel in my head is better than any movie that they mm. could come up with. I just love the look and feel of that movie. Yeah. And uh, like I said, John Saxon's in it. Um, it just never gets old for me. I love, I love the atmosphere and the tension and the craziness of the caller. Everything about that movie is just awesome. You're here. Sweet. All right. Here we are. Number one. Number right. one. All right. Give All it right. to me. All right. So number one, in alphabetical order, keep saying that. But uh, yeah, so you took this one from me too, man. Tourist Trap. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Ah, yeah. Tourist trap. Absolutely <laughs> Tourist Trap. There's no doubt about it. This was going on the list too. Oh, nice. Uh, every, for nice. everything that you said about it, you know, we already talked about it. You know, we don't need to keep, you know, beating it in. But um, yeah, that is, uh, yeah. that is just, that, it's so great. So dark and with the, you know, all the mannequins and everything. And so, um, you know, just chilling with those scenes that are, you know, genuinely, a genuine creepiness of it. Um, I think, you know, yes. just, uh, yeah. And again, you know, when we're talking about, uh, you know, Connors and everything and how he, he plays, he plays this role. Um, he also has, I don't think we mentioned that he has, you know, multiple kind of, uh, you know, costumes he dresses up in too when he's, when he's killing right, people. And, right. um, you know, one of them like looks almost like an Elvis kind of a deal or, and like one of yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it's so creepy. And, um, it it's is good. creepy. It's a great movie. And, uh, yeah, kind of a little reminiscent of. It's a great soundtrack. I have it on vinyl. They reissued yes. it. It's a great. It's a great yeah, movie. Yeah, and so, it, yeah, and yeah, Pino Dinaggio. And um, this this movie, I think, I yeah. think a ton more money went into the soundtrack than like the movie. <laughs> like just having the <laughs> hiring the orchestra. I think no, I'm serious. I think there was yeah. like, a ton of money. I forgot how much oh, it was wow. I put into this. Uh, like a full orchestra. It, it's a great full soundtrack. Yeah. So creepy. And atmospheric, and and it just really helps set yeah. the tone of the yeah. film. So fantastic! Great, great, great selection. All right, Omar, do it. All up. right, and this we briefly talked about before uh, before recording a movie that I had heard about uh, a long time ago. Never got to watch mm. it until today. The prototype, uh, one of the prototypes of the slasher, and that's Peeping Tom. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. Tom. I have never seen this, oh, really? so I'm going to watch it next. It wow. was yeah. outstanding. I've never seen it. Outstanding. The um, uh, start a German actress, a British production with a German uh, actor, Carl Bohm, plays this uh, character yep. who's kind of a... I, I saw him as a combination of Peter Lorre meets David Bowie, you know? And mm. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit, yeah. that's a hell of a combo. Yeah, totally creepy. The coloring in this movie is excellent. The lighting is fantastic. It was really, really good. Um, the pacing was great. As soon as it starts, there's a murder, and and it's done. You know, from the perspective of the killer who uses a camera, and right. it it comes in like it was just done so well. The writing is excellent. The yep. acting is outstanding. And the way that they describe the uh, psychosis of this character, it's done because he's into film and his father used to film him doing creepy, you know, he used to do creepy mm -hmm. things to him to study. And right. it, it the, the segue into that of an explanation of his psychotic behavior was done so well it was just a really i was really just uh very impressed with this movie man 
downright yeah, gobsmacked. Cool. I got. I really. It, it's need a great to see movie. Yeah, Lenny, you'd, you'd love it. It's been a long time since I saw it, but it was. Um, yeah, I mean, this is. I'm not sure. If, I think it was filmed before Psycho. I don't know which one came out first. Um, but yeah, right around that time period when you're talking about yeah, right. like yeah, the pro- protos to like you know the grandfathers of slasher films and things. I think this you know this has to be talked about and like yeah, this the whole the whole yeah. it's very just so voyeuristic feeling. It's so yes. like, you know almost you know if it's That's it's just cool. got like in like a, in a way that you know was then embodied by a lot of the '80s slashers and '70s slashers. You know with the whole um, yeah with that kind of voyeuristic like sl- like stalking kind of stuff we were talking about before. Um, and you yeah. know, not necessarily always in a sexual way, right? In some of the other movies as well, but um, it just, um, yeah, yeah, the whole aspect of it. and it's the originality of this. And I think you also touched on absolutely the pacing. Like a lot of these movies just don't do the pacing, you know, right? And then they end up kind of getting getting lumped into like, oh, it's just one of those old black and white movies that's fucking boring or something. And this really is not at all. Right. Exactly. Um, and that's yeah. the thing is that. Um, a lot of times, yes, with older movies, the pacing is is a little off. Like they take a lot of time with character development and stuff, and I can I can appreciate that. Sure. But I think this movie has it's paced in a way that that's acceptable to modern audiences. And in, right, in my right. opinion, you know, I I thought I it was just I, I was really stunned at how ahead of its time this movie was. Yeah, for for sure. That's awesome. a great pick. That's a great pick. Thanks. Nice. Yeah, I can't wait to see yeah. it now. Thank, that's a good one, Omar. Thank Anytime. you. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs> All right, my number one. I was surprised not to hear it mentioned. Really? Already. I'm kind of happy that I'm it was. I'm going to have to give okay. you shit for it. Oh, boy. Whatever so <laughs> when, I, when I think of slasher movies, I think of setting, yes. too. And one of the best settings for horror movies, in my opinion were the the New York City ah, of the okay. 70s and early okay. 80s. Mm. So I, I think New York City lent, lent itself to a very gritty, very nihilistic um, locale. It was, um, it, it, it was a place of depravity, of... Um, Son of Sam, right? Uh, of grittiness, seediness, um, and at least in cinema. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the best slasher movies of all time... Uh, possesses that gritty, dirty nastiness, and that goes to um, Maniac. Absolutely, Maniac is probably one of the grittiest, most. Um, and William Lustig just outdid himself in this movie, and Joe Spinell, obviously, Carolyn Mon- Monroe. Um, you know, it was just a perfect storm of of a horror film, mm-hmm. in my opinion. It it had. Everything it did everything right. It had the stalker who was a psychopath. You know, you know had a troubled past. He was abused. Um, he's tr- you know he's trying to find the perfect woman. He's on a killing spree in the city. I mean, you know, it even it, it had everything that you needed in an early '80s slasher film. I mean, it was just Tom Savini was in it. He did he did the um, um, you know the the. The gore effects in it. It even had Sharon Mitchell, who was a, uh, a 70s and early 80s porn star. Uh, she was in that movie. Um, you know, there was... I just love everything. The grittiness of this film and, the, the you know, uh, Joe Spinell's performance really just elevated what probably could have been just a really subpar, low-budget feature. Joe Absolutely. Spinell, he had this gravitas. You see this... 
um, this torturous look on his face every time he's doing it. The guy's sweating yeah, bullets yeah. throughout every scene, um, which I'm sure he was high or drunk or both uh, when he was filming this. But that his persona, um, I believed he was he was fucking you know he was this Frank Zito character. Like I believed as a kid, like I had seen him in Rocky, you know, as as Rocky's friend, mm-hmm, right? And I'd seen him in a couple of other films, but when I saw him in this, I just believed he was a serial killer. You know, I, when I saw this as a kid, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't no, know why my mind like, worked I that agree. way. I was probably tw- eleven or twelve years old when I saw this movie. Maybe it was the grittiness. Um, that and I, just... like, again, I shouldn't have fucking seen this, but seeing him, even the movie poster, and I know it's talked about often, but it was probably subliminal. Like I didn't notice this when I was a kid, but you know, later on, when he's got the fucking hard on in yeah, his pants, yeah. you know what I mean? He's got a bulge. His belt is super tight. You know what I mean? It's like. He's got a severed head. He's standing in a puddle of blood. Uh, I, I don't know. I just bought this on Blu-ray from Blue Underground recently, you know, with the, the lenticular cover. I, I just love everything about this movie. I, 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 we went to, I got lucky enough to meet William Lustig, and he was doing a Q&A at the Alamo Draft mm. House in Yonkers. We saw, you know, um, the... Um, a remastered or reprint, uh, you know, a remastered print of Maniac. Uh, I've seen it in 35 millimeter, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I just, there's nothing you can say about this movie enough about it that, that, you know, it just owes so much to, um, uh, the, the slasher genre, horror movies in, in general, owe so much to, um, this film and to, um, Spinell's performance. I, I, I think it's just perfect. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, man. And, um, you know, it was definitely considered for my list. Um, you know, I, I guess the only reason I didn't put it, you know what, it, it's just kind of like, this is how I feel on a Monday and this is how I feel on a Wednesday, you know, or whatever. Yeah, oh, I guess you a hundred percent. That's definitely, you know, any, you know, any day that that could be in my top five as well, for sure, for, for all the reasons you said. And I think particularly, um, you know, with, with Joe Spinell of just, it, that is, no one else, this movie would have been completely different if anyone else played that role, I feel like. It's kind of like, you know, that, who else could have done that, you know? No it's, one. It's just, yeah, just... No one could have played it that way, and and it's just yeah. brilliant. And this movie got so much shit when it came out, and, um, you know, because people weren't used to seeing huh. anything like this, and it was, you know, definitely was a fucking mean movie, but, you know, here's the thing. Um, you know, they're horror movies. You know, they're supposed to be... It's horrible things. They're supposed to be mean movies, you know, a lot of the time, and I think that sometimes people forget that, <laughs> you know, when we're, when we're looking yeah. back at some... And especially these periods that they came from, and like you said, talking about the setting and the location that they're coming from. Yeah, um, and, and yeah, you can... There's, there's a couple... There's ways to do that, and there's ways to do it that push boundaries more than others, for sure. Um, but, you know, I thought that, you know, everything about this is just, you know, it, it, he is... It, I guess one of the reasons that, you know, because I always... This is bona fide, definitely, definitely a slasher movie, but it's also just as much a character study, I feel. Um, Shit, and, yes. and, like, that's, yeah, and, and, like, that is just something that, like, the more I see it, I'm just like, this is such a, you know, like, it, it, it's it's a perfect storm of both, really. And I, I often, oftentimes, I, you know, if a character study isn't done really well or, like, really, you know, descriptively, like, I feel like it's, you know, those can kind of lose steam and we're going to talk about with like pacing before if those aren't done right. Like, uh, for example, like even like, you know, like like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, I might get some shit for this, but a mm-hmm. lot of people love that movie. I think that movie's boring as fuck. 
Um, I, I really don't. I, I'm not just never, never really. I've tried to give it a couple chances. Where it's like, oh, it's so fucking crazy, and this blows that that out of the water, you know, completely. Oh my um, god! Yeah. And you know, like that kind of a thing. And uh, yeah, no, per, awesome, awesome pick, man, for sure. Yep. Thanks. Awesome. All right, so we're gonna do. We're gonna wrap it up. I know we got we got honorable mentions, so we're just gonna bang them out. We're not gonna proselytize. Good. So, Rob, what's your honorable? What's your honorable? The Burning, nineteen eighty one. Oh, Just nice, nice. Yes, that that was t- I was toying yeah, with that. Yeah, yep. for sure. Okay, cool. Ah, That's got to be up yeah. there. Absolutely. I, d- I don't. Ahead, I don't have another. <laughs> Again, this is flasher movies. Kind of not exactly my. You know. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Sorry. All right. Hey, that's cool. Right. That's cool, Sorry. man. Come on, you you could have you could have put something out there, bro. <laughs> Don't worry. You know about what? Um, He'll all get right, to so watch some more with what? you. I, I expect I expect to be. Yeah, when well, I'm watching yes. some slaughter, I expect to see another uh, slasher movie or two soon. Yeah, well, he's got a list now. You got to come up with some of the stuff now. And like you said, I don't think you saw Tourist Trap, right? I you gotta, gotta see, see Tourist Trap, man. Absolutely. Dude, do it up, man. And I'm gonna watch Peeping Tom. So we'll I, I can't, I can't wait to see the reviews on it. For me. For me, my my um, uh, my honorable mention is Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Nice, nice. My 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 uh, favorite of the, show, the uh, we series, were, I'd say. That's my favorite Friday the Thirteenth. I love Sackhead Hell Jason. Yeah. He's my favorite Jason. I think he's the creepiest. I, I love I love it because it's his first real yes. appearance as yep. a killer in those movies. Um, and I just I, I just love Sackhead. I think he's the coolest looking <laughs> because he's I think it's far creepier than than the hockey mask. I, I give it that the hockey mask has become iconic. Sure. Sackhead is yeah, the best. I agreed. I forgot you. I forgot that was your favorite. You. I like you more now, Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You complete me. <laughs> All right. So I know we went long on this one. And uh, I think it was well-deserving because these movies, they sit with you for a long time, uh, you know, internalize them because some of them, like you said, are a lot deeper than we give them credit for. Um, There are character studies about, uh, you know, the psyche of abuse um, and and what turns people, you know, to do these deeds that we, you know, that you revile. Um, But we also see some of these and say, Jesus Christ, I mean, you know, this, this, you know, actually happens. People are killed. A lot of these horror movies, slasher or otherwise, are adapted from real-life events, sure. like, you know, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where there are actual serial killers have done far worse than what you are allowed to see on screen, uh, and are get, that get edited out. So... I love the catharsis uh, of going to a theater and, and sitting in a darkened uh, theater with, you know, some of my best friends and enjoying these types of films. Um, I don't enjoy watching people get murdered, but I enjoy the fact that I can see this and live vicariously through these people and not die sure. myself yep. and then get, get to walk right. away. Um, so there's, you know, that, that type of voyeuristic edge to these movies is a real thing. Um, but I, I loved doing this. I, I wanted us to be able to do the next one. I had the idea of maybe doing um, our top uh, picks for um, vampire or werewolf movies. Maybe we can come up with a couple of lists and then maybe uh, once you know, once uh, a month come up with our, our top fives and, and do more round nice. robin. I, I would Absolutely. love to, I, I would a sci-fi love horror to join maybe. you guys yeah. anytime. Awesome. Anytime. 
So, Rob, thank you so much yeah, for man. joining us. Uh, thank you for always, having me. It's always fun hanging out, talking to you. You're welcome. Guys, check out uh, our buddy's uh, YouTube channel, Terror at Synth High. I know you're going to love it. I'm going to forego the other plugs tonight. Uh, and I, I, we just we hope you love these movies. And, you know, maybe you've seen them all. And, and maybe you, you got a watch list now. I certainly um, do. I, I highly recommend you go check it out. Yeah, you do, and so do <laughs> I. I got I to gotta check out some of this stuff, too. So... Uh, thanks a lot, everybody. We'll talk to you All soon. All right. Rock and roll.